What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Kurt and Bob Show. He's Kurt. I'm Bob. It is a Wednesday night here. Curtis, we got football tomorrow night. Thursday night football. But we do. We let's do. talk about what happened this past week. We had a lot, a lot going on. Week one. Oh, definitely. Not great for my fantasy team, but you know, <laughs> we'll get into that later. But what do we got headlines wise? What what do we have happen this week? Yeah. So great week one. Glad to be back with some real deal football here. I guess we'll start off with some injury news. Uh, that being that the Ravens have lost a starting corner and a right tackle, Jawan James, already this season. Uh, one week in. Um, so, man, the Ravens can't catch a break, I guess. It's, it's got to be something with the, you know, people or everything I've heard is, oh, training staff, the turf, you know, something is just not going right in, in Baltimore, which is funny because I believe they played in, uh, in New York. So... It wouldn't have been their home turf. That's that's the issue. But man, it's they they really can't catch a break. The the Ravens. Uh, they're actually going in to play Miami this week. I think Miami had a really strong showing. We'll both go over our opinions on the Falcons and Dolphins this weekend. With uh, that being our allegiances. But yeah, what do you what do you think with the Ravens? Is it is it training staff? Are they just unlucky? Like they they can't catch a break. Dude, I have no idea. I can't speak on the Ravens channel yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. I can't say anything that's going on up there, but it's yeah. um, something wrong. You know, definitely, probably a little superstitious. If uh, yeah. if I'm a Ravens player, and I'm, I mean, just with everything that's been happening the last yeah. couple seasons. So no, totally. It's it's just beyond unlucky. They at least put a stomp down on the Jets, which uh, I guess credit to us both got our games of the week right you had ravens minus seven over the jets as your pick of the week and i had bucks minus two and a half over the cowboys so those were two i'd say pretty easy pretty easy locks last week there so uh with that one i guess let's pop uh, pop right to it what did you think of the falcons and saints game just another year for the falcons and another fourth quarter headache isn't it <laughs> yeah i mean we looked really good in that game we were yeah, so good i agree Marcus Mariota I looked agree. like the truth <laughs> i mean drake london looked like rookie of the year offensive rookie of the year i mean our defense looked phenomenal we had like four sacks in the first half we i mean we just looked really good and and Dean Pease, I am a Dean Pease hater. Defensive coordinator Dean, not a fan of Dean Pease. Really? And then I was like, you know what? I'm turning a corner here. You know, he's held the Saints <laughs> yeah. to, to, you know, not a whole lot of points here. <laughs> was it, Yeah, they had like 10, ten points ten, or something like that. Ten. Going, I, I think know. going into the fourth, they had 10. But yeah. Yeah, I, I, in the fourth yeah. quarter. Falcons are so, 23 to 10, fourth and going into the fourth. Boy Michael yeah. Thomas was absolutely silent throughout the entire <laughs> first three quarters of the game. And then all of a sudden goes off, and he gets like 22 fantasy points on my bench. I literally <laughs> didn't play him, so I'm like, no way. In the Michael last Thomas. quarter. No way. No way. He puts up like 22 points. Yeah. Insane. So, Dean Pease let off the gas. He wasn't being aggressive. Our defense just absolutely crumbled. And... Uh, you know, I, there's only one man to blame, and it's Dean Pease. I, I literally all of it falls on him. Sorry, Dean. I'm not sorry. I literally think you're a bad defensive coordinator. It's just a typical Falcons blowing it in the fourth quarter. Yeah. With Dean Pease at the helm, I mean, it's just like 
I don't know. We look so good. Mariota looks so good. Like the Saints did not know what to do with our offense because that's yeah. not our usual offense. That's no, not what I, see year I was shocked year, twice a year. I, I, was, yeah. I was shocked. Like the offense looked really fresh. Looked like everyone's on the same page. Like you can tell, and I think that's a big narrative from this weekend is some teams made it very obvious who played a lot in preseason and who was competing for starting spots over the teams that did not touch their starters to the football field, right? Um, and I think Atlanta was one of them. I think they really benefited from having uh, a lot of competition in that line one unit, uh, as well as, you know, the line two guys who were, who were subbing in. And they they looked they looked great. I was really worried in the first quarter because, you know, they went down, they got that field uh, field goal, Young-Ho in the Lambo. you know, he, he hit that 50-something yarder, I believe it was 50, yeah, 54-yarder, and, you know, Falcons looked great on that drive for the most part, then Taysom Hill just absolutely lit up the Falcons for the whole first quarter running the ball all over the I think all of his yards came in the fourth quarter if I'm not mistaken the the four for 81 he had two massive ones and then from there it was all Falcons and you're right like Drake London he looked fantastic Mariota looked like he was on key Cordell Patterson I knew he was gonna have a another people were writing him off already not writing him off but forgetting how good he was last season uh, since the Falcons were so bad but Cordero Patterson, he looked fantastic again, too. 22 carries for 120 yards and a tutty. Like, it's it, it was amazing. And like you said, Michael Thomas hadn't touched the ball. Jameis looked very subpar uh, that whole game. And then in the fourth quarter, they get two touchdown passes within, you know, eight minutes of each other. And then a walk-off field goal, 19 seconds uh, from Will Lutz, a 50-yarder, too. So it's a, a tough one. But Will Lutz, he is that boy. Uh, in the kicking game there so man it's it's what what is it going to take you think for the falcons to break this fourth quarter curse are they gonna have to change stadiums change states like what i I thought for sure that would be behind them with basically a entirely fresh roster right yeah dude i'm gonna be honest i got no idea it's like uh, like the first three quarters i'm you know i'm watching it with friends i'm texting with friends everyone's like Oh wow, the Falcons look so good right now. Oh, like yep. I can't believe we're gonna win this game. And I literally said I was hanging out with my friends <laughs> Aaron and Jared. I said we're gonna blow it in the fourth. I was like we're gonna blow it in the fourth. Yeah. Why are we getting our hopes up? We're going. We are going to blow it in the fourth, guys. Stop. Like stop. And and then we did. And I literally said I called it. I told you. <laughs> I told you so. Unfortunately, you were right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's, I, I literally it's don't tragic. know what to do. I don't know what to do. It, it, it's just tragic. And granted, I don't think Atlanta's in playoff mode by any means. So, in the long run, uh, this game might not mean that much. But it just goes. It just is classic Falcons, right? It doesn't matter if the team's Super Bowl ready or they're rebuilding. Like it's just seeing seeing leads like that. You know, seventeen points in the fourth quarter from the saints when they had 10 the whole rest of the game uh so it's it's definitely i think you're right the defensive coordinator clearly they might have gone into some off coverage too early you know playing playing quarters for deep safeties you know maybe they got a little too comfy too early and uh gave the saints some more yards than they needed but yeah something something's got to happen and they've got the rams upcoming here which the rams are 11 point favorites over atlanta which 
honestly shocks me a bit because I feel like the Rams looked the Rams I thought the Rams looked so bad and the Falcons did look so good but I don't think we'll get a repeat ugly performance like that from the Rams I agree with you I think the Rams are clear favorites in this game because they just they looked lost against the Bills but the Bills are also everybody's Super Bowl team already right so so they you know that is a Super Bowl preview if you will that's what everyone's calling it and I'm sure the Rams hope it isn't because Cooper Cup was the only Rams player with some production that night. It was pitiful to watch. The defense got four turnovers from the Bills. You know, all the talk was the Bills, the Bills, the Bills, but the Bills looked pretty bad in the first half. Like, they they had a perfect drive where they did not miss a beat, went all the way down the field and scored, but from that point on, they they had four turnovers forced by the the Rams defense. There were some great reads by the by the defensive backs. There was some great pressure from the D-line on Josh Allen, and they just they couldn't get it in the end zone. The Bills were stumped for a bit, but the Rams, they they looked like they hadn't played football since the Super Bowl. It, it looked like they were all coming back for the first time, and granted, they were down two starting tackles, but man, the the Rams were, they, they looked abysmal, but uh, I really don't think they, they would repeat that. I'm sure Sean McVay is hammering them in the, in the film room right now. So, Bob, just give me a, what's your Falcon prediction here? If you had to give the Falcons some points, give the Falcons some spread, what do you think? How do you, how close do you think the Falcons could keep this one, if not win it? First three quarters. No, <laughs> First three quarters. No, yeah. no it's going to be a blowout by, the, by halftime. We're going to be down by 17 to 21 at the half. You think so? And I could see. Yeah. It. No, I, it's I, at home for the Rams guard again, too. AJ Terrell got made. <laughs> yeah, he looked nobody. like a fool against Michael Thomas in the fourth quarter. A fool. Yeah. And AJ Terrell is phenomenal. He got he got babied. Yeah. I'm, I have no faith in AJ Terrell against Cooper Cup, one of the best minds, best wide receivers in the game. Yeah. I, I have no faith. I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm sure the Rams D line isn't too afraid of the offense because while that see and that, that this is always the the saddest part of when you get a brand new offense that comes out there and looks as good as they did uh, week one right now they have something on film the Saints they had no clue that was coming and you could tell you could tell they were shocked by the Falcons offense and and what they were running what they were able to accomplish on them as well as the defense having a couple good early turnovers right um, or just the fumble I think might have been the only one. But uh, yeah, now now the Falcons' offense is on film, and while it worked really well against the Saints, I think it's fair to call it a very, a, a very simple offense, right? A lot of motion, a lot of keeping Mariota on on rolling out, a lot of crossing routes. So we'll we'll see. I'm I'm sure the Rams will be very bloodthirsty for a, <laughs> a high point game after they just got embarrassed on national television on Thursday night last week by the Bills because. It, it was. It felt like watching the Jets did this this weekend. I saw a couple Jets clips from from the weekend, and I, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're in my division. Glad as in the Dolphins division. So, with with that, all pops over real quick here to the Dolphins game, and boy, I don't know how much you saw of it, Bob, but I was happy, man. I was fourth and Miami seven defense. What fourth and good. seven? The new head coach Mike McDaniel's amazing. Tua. Looked very composed, very comfortable. 
Uh, I've never. I've never that people were okay, that one got tipped. <laughs> there is some false narrative going around that Tua threw a ball into the ground like ten yards in front of Tyreek's foot. And if you go watch the footage, they get a tip on that line of scrimmage. Matthew Judon smacks that ducks into the ground. It did look ugly, but I'm glad there was a reason for it because I was shocked. It was like his first pass of the game too. I was like, oh man, what's what what's gonna go on? But from that point on. He looked dialed in, looked really comfortable. I've never seen him play comfortable in a Dolphins uniform yet, so that was nice to see. Tyreek was the difference, I think. We both knew he would be and expected. Uh, he's just, you can't cover him. It's impossible. Uh, and Jay, you know, and then Jalen Waddell. It's, it was interesting seeing Jalen Waddell as a number two receiver because halfway into that game, I was like, where's Jalen Waddell? Like, what's... I just realized I've seen Tyreek, 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 and then, you know, some running back checkdowns and everything to Chase Edmonds, but that long couldn't find water. Yep, exactly. It was right before the half. 14 seconds left going into half. You're up, I believe it was 10-0 on the Patriots, or let me see. I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, they were, they were up 10-0 on the Pats, 14 seconds left in the half. You know, you're right before halftime. You're going to get the ball at half. They could have just knelt it out from there, but they were on the 40-yard line of the Patriots. They go for it on fourth and seven. Tua throws an absolute dime right to Jalen Waddle, splits the defenders, and then nobody's catching Waddle from there. And you're right, he had a, let's see, I believe it was a yeah, 42-yard uh, touchdown pass, probably only 15 air yards or 20 air yards in terms of Tua throwing the ball, but it was right on the money, and it was comfortable. And from that point on, the Patriots were... They were toast because that's seventeen zero going into the half. Dolphins got the ball first. Uh, it was, it was a tough day for for the Patriot fans out there, and you know both of uh, both my bosses at work are Patriot fans. So going into the office tomorrow, definitely gonna have a little fun with them because uh, it was it was great to watch. So overall, I think some good showings from from both of our teams here: the Dolphins and the the Falcons' new offense uh, for three quarters at least, and then. <laughs> Dolphins didn't do anything in the fourth quarter either. So if, if we just take the first three quarters, Dolphins and Falcons, they looked great and they looked fresh. So with that, we'll go on here. And Bob, what do you think? You want to do a little, we'll do a little Thursday night uh, recap here. How about that? Well, we've got the Chiefs and the Chargers tomorrow night. Vegas currently has it as the Chargers are the underdogs in this game. Very slight underdogs, four point underdogs. Uh, that number four, that's it, it'll get you. <laughs> it'll kind of an interesting line. I was expecting yeah. like maybe like a three and a half or like a I don't know. I, I think I, that's what the opening was, and people have bet it so hard into the Chiefs because the Chiefs just absolutely smacked the Cardinals week one. It they looked like they were playing Madden and they were on all Madden. The Cardinals were on rookie mode. It, it wasn't even competitive. Uh, Chiefs won that game. Let me see. Yeah. 44 to 21, but uh, 14 of the Cardinals' points came in garbage time in the fourth quarter when nothing was going their way. So it was a very, very uh, handed defeat that the Cardinals took there, and the Chiefs were only a touchdown favorite there as well. So people were surprised with how fast of a start they got off to. Uh, and do you think? Do you think it was more the Cardinals being? I don't want to say bad, but unprepared or getting kind of a bad luck of the draw with having such a perfect offense in the Chiefs going against their very questionable team still. Uh, you know, they still have yet to find that 
identity, I feel like. The, everyone's still waiting to figure out what the Cardinals are with Kingsbury and Murray, right? And this this very well could be their last year to prove it because so far we've got wins early, loses really bad late, and got you know the ugliest playoff game in my lifetime that I've, I've ever witnessed, that being the, the Rams-Cardinals game this last year. That was embarrassing it was almost as bad or as bad if not worse than the bills rams game last week i think but uh yeah what what do you think with the with the chiefs here do you think they're they're deserving favorites on this one or do you maybe have the chargers uh coming up here because they also won their week one game against the raiders no i got the chiefs as favorites definitely when you yeah i i don't think that you can that i don't think the chargers are favorites i mean when you have probably arguably the best quarterback in the NFL yeah. and the best tight end in the NFL on the same team. And they're firing on all cylinders. And they go out and they beat a, a Cardinals team that, you know, historically, you know, like last season they were really, really good. Mm-hmm. So I think when you do that and you kind of silence the haters who, honestly, I was one of them, saying the Chargers were going to have a down – or not the Chargers, the Chiefs were going to have a down year – Patty Mahomes is going to have a down year because no yep. Tariq, and he's proved everyone wrong so far. I think that maybe they're poised and maybe they're in a better position than they were last year. And I think the Chargers. I know the Chargers are good, um, but you know, it'll be interesting I, to see what they have it, to offer. It will be. The Chargers have a really good defense. Yeah, and I think that the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, the Chargers can hold them closer than than the Cardinals did. Yeah, but, um, no no kidding. It that's, was... that's pretty much their only hope is that yeah. their defense is able to, to slow them down. And that's what I'm wondering is is how this Chargers defense is going to hold up. And that's the only reason I, I almost want to take the Chargers, but it's the Chiefs just looked so perfect this last weekend. And I saw the best take on the whole Tyreek Chiefs thing that I've seen was uh, Ryan Clark. He actually tweeted out earlier this week, uh, I think it was just on Monday, the day after the game. He said, "Let's stop the, you know, stop the Tyreek and Chiefs debate. Like this is this is how it is. You know, Tyreek makes the Dolphins a way better team, and he's an amazing tool. But Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are absolutely fine. There was eight different pass catchers in that Chiefs game, so I don't think it's even that the Chiefs are any worse without Tyreek. You definitely miss him as a playmaker, right? But that offense and Mahomes, Kelsey, they're." like you said firing on all cylinders it, it doesn't matter who's catching the ball Andy Reid will scheme them up to be able to catch it and then Tyreek on the other hand a massive difference maker in Miami taking a lot of pressure off of Jalen Waddle and also taking a lot of pressure off the coaching staff having to worry about you know you know now they've got a guy that they can scheme open every play because he is just faster and a more elite route runner than any of these DBs are going to be able to cover so Overall, I think both both teams or both people made it out just fine, right? Tyreek, great situation in Miami, uh, where he is, you know, the clear number one and and a leader on that offense, I believe. And then Kansas City just getting to prove more and more time and time again. Andy Reid proving yet again that he is an amazing offensive mind. Uh, that can get anyone over. We had Kelsey with eight catches, Juju with six catches. We had MVS, <laughs> Valdez Scantling with four catches. Uh, Sky Moore had a 30-yard reception. You know, they, they got everybody involved. So I am 
I'm worried for the Chargers. I think this will definitely be a closer game than that Cardinals game uh, because the Chargers, they I, they did lose Keenan Allen. That's actually, I should note that. Keenan Allen did go down hamstring. He is ruled out for tomorrow already. So the number one receiver is going to be Mike Williams coming into this game, who is phenomenal. Didn't have a very good week last week, which was a bit strange. He just couldn't seem to get open. Raiders had him covered everywhere. Um, but, man, I, I have a tough time saying the Chargers could actually win this one because the Chiefs are just so polished and so experienced, and the Chargers missing Keenan Allen as well. It's it's going to be it's gonna be a shootout, I think, but I'm going to say Chiefs' is favorites as well. And I, I think I think four or five points is just about right. I think I think that's right around there. We could get a good game here. Uh, it will be at home for the Chiefs as well. So the Chiefs' first home game, I think that will bring a lot of excitement to the fans who just watched them pummel the Cardinals uh, this last week. So I'm sure that'll be a packed packed stadium tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Uh, it'll be the first time we get to see Ryan Fitzpatrick and Richard Sherman on the analyst desk, actually. They're, they're on the cast, and uh, we got Al Michaels uh, as well on the, the play-by-play because it's with Prime Video now, right? So uh, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting one for sure. I'm excited to, to see how it goes here, but I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Chiefs are the favorites, and... Yeah, I would take them with for five points as well. So, with that being said, what did you? I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the Raiders at all this weekend? They they really struggled. Uh, Derek Carr with three interceptions, but they also force fed Devontae Adams ten catches, one hundred and fifteen yards, and a touchdown. Where you think the Raiders just they got to figure it out for a bit? New head coach and all that against uh, and a hard opponent with the Chargers, or where do you see them going? Yeah, I think the Raiders, I mean, I think they'll get better from here. But I I I really think I'm I'm a Derek Carr truther. I like him a lot. Yeah. You know, tough outing. He's on my fantasy team or one of my fantasy teams. Mm-hmm. Tough outing for the kid. Um, you know, didn't get the numbers that I that I needed to, <laughs> to win in either of my leagues this week. Tragic, tragic. Absolutely rough. Um yeah. Oh, we'll get in we'll get into the fantasy here in a minute but like definitely yeah i have so much i have so much i want to say but yeah i mean Derek carr you know that's what that's what's expected just force feed Devonta adams and yeah i mean i mean you could look connor renfro's way on occasion um what did josh jacobs do i i don't think he did hardly anything 50 yards they they um they abandoned the run pretty pretty early, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Josh Jacobs had 10 carries for for 50 yards, and Brandon Bolden, their backup running back, had three. So they they abandoned the run very early, which they did get down very early. They were down 17-3 at half, so I'm sure they were playing. You know, they were playing from behind in their head. But you know, a guy like Derek Carr, I, I'm a fan of Derek Carr as well, but he's definitely not a Patrick Mahomes, right? So. If you can get that run game going and and be consistent with that, I feel like that only helps him, right? Not not to mention that helps out Devontae Adams and Waller a bit as well. Maybe get a little more rest because Devontae Adams, he had 17 targets. Like he, Derek Carr completed 22 passes. He had 37 attempts. So almost half, like just about half the time Derek Carr took the ball from under center, he went to Devontae Adams, uh, whether it was a completed pass or an incomplete pass. So 
kind of kind of crazy and that's a I think we saw a lot of that week one Justin Jefferson he was getting force fed uh, for the Vikings against the Packers Cooper Cup was being force fed from the Rams so all the guys that were the top receivers in fantasy that everybody I think around the country saw this coming these number one receivers getting force fed even Tyreek with he had about seven for a hundred I believe so even Tyreek had a, a really big share uh, as well and we can lump Kelsey in with that you know he had eight catches for over 120 yards and a touchdown and because Kelsey's definitely I think the number one receiver on that team even though he's a tight end um, but you saw a lot of force feeding so I guess the last point before we get into fantasy here is do you do you expect this to 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 keep up or do you think like how are defenses going to adjust this do you just you double Devonte adams and you take away half of <laughs> half of Derek carr's options right like i feel like you have to do that yeah and i i don't really think that there's going to be a solution because like hunter renfro is i think he he is good like i think yeah. he he's a good receiver so i think you know you double Devonte adams that leaves you know the possibility for things to open up and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's got it's Derek be Carr's got to look somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but Derek Carr's got to look somewhere other than Devonta Adams. And I think that maybe, I don't know, maybe there there some growing pains right now. Yeah. But um, and it's but yeah, it's I week one as well, right? Like we right. teams are going to abuse their best players because they don't know what defense is on, is on tape. That you know everybody. This is everyone's welcome back, right? So it's, hey, let's just dial up the best we got. No one's got tape on us with new head coach, for example, for the Raiders, Josh McDaniels. That's, to be honest, that's the only thing I worry about with the Raiders is that Patriots head coaching curse. And it's funny, I talked to Sean uh, at... At our at our draft, you know, his his dad's involved with the Raiders, and I was like, oh, the Josh McDaniels, I don't know, you, you know, the Patriot curse. And Sean was saying, well, you know, it's he's so good though, his expertise is this and that, and it's it feels like the same story, different year for Patriots coaches, right? Matt Patricia was once the guru and and the genius, went to the Lions and. They looked worse than they looked Terrible. before him yeah. somehow. Like I don't he made the Lions worse than they were. Like they were already a bottom of the barrel team and he dug a hole <laughs> through the bottom of the barrel because it was awful. Brian Flores in Miami clearly never coached or has seen an offense in his life and there's leaks now from players uh there because the Dolphins defense performed so well this week. Uh there were some leaks that a lot of the players were saying, you know, well Flores, you know, we're we're used to this because apparently Flores didn't actually come to the defensive meetings very much in Miami and wasn't too involved in that because Miami kept their whole defensive staff and let Flores go. People thought the defense was going to crumble, but it looked just as good, if not better, on uh, this Sunday. So there are rumblings about that. So Flores just, you know, I would say overall, he's the best coach for the Dolphins that in the last 10 years, I would say. I liked him more than Gase, but still just in, incapable of, of coaching offense and uh, clearly wasn't a big player's coach if we already get are getting leaks like this week one, right? Uh, so it's it's one of those things like this Patriots coaching, the Bill Belichick coaching tree, we should call it, uh, is struggles on, on their own with it without big brain Bill there. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see if the Raiders can break that curse, if they'll be the first ones and figure out this offense, which they absolutely could. Uh, but yeah, we you know week one it's overreaction week, right? So 
everybody we've seen one game and now now we know exactly what's going to happen but that's the beauty of the nfl is it's it's different every single week there's so many adjustments made week in week out and you know I'm just glad the Dolphins have a weak buffer before playing the Ravens because I, I am definitely nervous for, for their game this weekend. The Ravens are explosive, but they did the Dolphins did absolutely wreck the Ravens last year. But obviously, John Harbaugh's a good coach. He's not going to let that happen again. Uh, so it'll be interesting. But uh, with that, we'll just pop over to fantasy football here, Bob, and let's talk about, talk about our league here. Uh, I'll just start and say... Not a great week for me. Derrick Henry was held out of the end zone by the Giants because the Titans just decided to stop running the ball for some reason and throw passes to the backup running back who got two touchdowns. Dontrell Hilliard, two touchdowns off of swing passes. So that drove me crazy because Derrick Henry, he is that boy, but they just didn't use him uh, to score a tutty, which was sad to see. And then... uh, Austin Hooper, don't even want to talk about it. He's been dropped. Uh, Titans offense did not look <laughs> amazing. And uh, last point I'll say about my fantasy team, which we've both talked about a little bit already, Allen Robinson ap- absolutely disappeared on the Rams. He was targeted twice, one catch for 12 yards, and his second target was on the last play of the game. Is just like a YOLO kind of throw up in the back corner of the end, so they had no intention of actually closing that out. So... Not not uh not impressed with my team here off the rip starting the season zero and one. Bob, take us through three year roster here. What were your your thoughts, your booms and busts here? Yeah, so uh, I mean it was a really tough week for me. Um, uh, I mean I had so many busts, so many busts. In some, I almost I almost came out with the win. I was I lost by five points. Lost by five points. I had. I was down by like I needed just a few points from Ryan Suckup, Tampa Bay kicker, and CD Lamb. I needed like twenty <laughs> points or I don't even know how many. Yeah, Ryan Suckup went you off. Were so he got close. me fourteen. I needed CD Lamb. I needed him. He got me four point <laughs> nine. Four point nine. I needed just a few more, just a couple more catches, CD. Two receptions for 29 yards is not going to do it for me. I get Dak (laughs) Prescott went down, but you're supposed to be the wide receiver there. He was supposed to be. He was supposed to be Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, right? He was. Yeah, he's drafted right alongside him. So my team went off. I had Travis Kelsey get me. He you know he got me 26. Also, not to mention, Elijah Mitchell went down. Like almost immediately in that game, not yep. almost immediately. He had you, 41 yards for San Francisco. Yeah, you got he unlucky really as well. heck there. Now he's <laughs> on the IR. Also, T. Higgins went down with a concussion. So I had T. Higgins got me 4.7 before he went down with you know a concoction to the noggin, and then Elijah Mitchell who went down too, who's now on the IR that I have to somehow I got to figure out how to replace. Also. <laughs> Travis Etienne, oh my gosh, he had a wide open, wide open touchdown. He all he had to do was catch the ball and run two yards to the end zone, but instead he throws the ball into the ground. That's instead, what they teach him to do at Clemson, man. That's what they. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it was unreal. Etienne as my RB two failed me utterly, and then you know Elijah Mitchell, 
just and, and it's just like the guys I had on my bench. I could have won, you know. Teams. Oh yeah, you you were stacked. You were stacked Michael on Thomas the bench with twenty two. <laughs> AJ, AJ Dillon with twenty. Dillon with twenty. <laughs> Rashad Bateman um, with thirteen, and Miles Sanders with eighteen and a half. Miles Sanders. Yeah, I I keep him on the bench though. I think that was an anomaly oh, game yeah. for Miles Sanders. I don't think that. AJ Dillon will be moved up into the flex for this upcoming week. Okay. I have okay. Faith. Okay. I have faith in him. Michael Thomas also will be starting for me because I don't think T. Higgins is going to be able to make it back. Yeah. From concussion, usually at least a week. Yeah. It's, yeah. Man, you you really you had such a such a great such a great performances from Jalen Hurts and, and Jonathan Taylor too. Yeah. Very. You yeah. know, almost twenty two and twenty one. Twenty four, so. twenty seven, and twenty six like, from yeah. Kelsey. Yep. Oh my gosh, it was phenomenal. It's, and you, it was not phenomenal. to mention you played against Marshall who got 31 from Cooper Cup. So yeah. that's that's a tragic one. And then Antonio Gibson. Antonio so I want totally. to apologize to everyone because we along with every other podcast in person I've talked to did not believe that Antonio Gibson was going to be the starting running back for the Commanders. And he was on my bench in my other league. Yeah, he, he, would, he was on special team. He was he was running special teams the whole last preseason week. He didn't get any touches. JD McKissick was apparently going to be the guy. Now since Brian Robinson uh, is coming back from the the car mugging injury, uh, and I think I think Brian Robinson will still be number one. But Antonio Gibson seven catches for seventy two. Like Carson Wentz was just checking it down to him. I guess Carson Wentz has four touchdowns. But two interceptions, uh, took a sack. Uh, they played the Jaguars. I'm not going to say anything more about Carson Wentz. That game doesn't mean anything, in my opinion. Uh, but one point I do want to bring up about that Commanders game. Credit to Trayvon Walker. He played amazing. He had a an all-time. He had an interception as a defensive end. Yeah. He oh, had. Yeah. I think he had a sack. As yeah, he had a sack, an interception, and, and four tackles in his first. Uh, NFL de- debut here, so Jaguars are looking pretty smart for taking him over Aiden Hutchinson. Who Aiden Hutchinson? He he had a tackle, a a, a single tackle. He really got uh, focused on. <laughs> he really got focused on by the by the Eagles because I, yeah, he, he looked great all preseason, but it's not the preseason anymore, right? Like we're 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 in regular season mode. They know that you're gonna come after him. So they had it out of there. Uh, Jeff Okuda, credit to him. He actually played pretty well uh, after having a really bad outing for the start of his career, right? Bad season followed up by an ACL tear. So there were there were some fun rookies to, to watch this uh, this weekend for sure. Did you have any, any good – we'll consider Etienne a rookie on your team. I guess he was your only rookie starter there, right? And like you talked about, he had the – uh, the drop touchdown, right? <laughs> yeah, it would have completely changed my entire week this past week. Yeah. But I don't know. I had, you know, I feel like Brees Hall did, you know, okay. I think what he but had Michael like Carter was the starter. Pointers. I know. Yeah. Brees Hall, still Brees Hall like was, was riding the bench. And yeah, you're right, though. He did have, he, he had 10 fantasy points there. So decent outing for the rookie there but i mean some people are taking Brees hall in the first three rounds so to oh, figure no, to I... find out week one that he wasn't even the starter that's definitely got to have those those fantasy owners a bit nervous um because 
I noticed Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, after the game said, oh, I got to get some of the young guys in. That tells me that, you know, if that was a close game, I don't think Brees Hall would have seen much of the field because uh, Michael Carter was playing uh, r- relatively well there as well. So, man, so much so much to analyze in the first week of fantasy. Uh, Jahan Dotson, too, honestly. Yeah, our boy Jahan Dotson, he balled yeah. out. He had Did he have two touchdown catches in that game? I think so. He had I, 18 points. Yeah. he two, two receiving touchdowns. He did have negative yep. 10 rush yards. I'm not exactly sure. Oh, exciting. I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but I do know. Yeah, so he had receiving <laughs> yards. He had 40 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, and uh, a pretty nice, a pretty nice touchdown catch in the end zone, and then like I said, negative ten rushing yards. I'm yeah. assuming it was like a jet sweep or something, or I don't know what. Oh, I, I was I was shocked at how much Gibbs or McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and John Dotson they all worked really well together. Actually, they mm-hmm. complemented each other really well. T- Terry McLaurin yep. was actually the least effective of the three. Uh, with just four targets where Curtis Samuel got looked at 11 times and Jahan Dotson five times, two of them for touchdowns. So uh, pretty pretty impressive from the commander's offense. I'll, I'll be honest, a great receiving core. Unfortunately, Carson Wentz is still their quarterback, so I'm sure he will find a way to, we'll say... Uh, mess it up. Mess it up, yeah, <laughs> in the future here. And again, the Jaguars... Right, very. I couldn't tell you to be honest. I could tell you a lot about their front seven with Josh Allen from Kentucky, right, the outside linebacker. Devin Lloyd, Utah rookie this year, he had 11 tackles. He looked great. Trayvon Walker. I couldn't tell you much about their DBs, and I think there's good reason for that because Carson Wentz had 320 yards almost and four touchdowns. Also two interceptions, but one of them was from Trayvon Walker. So that was. Uh, that was on the inside. I think Aluakon, yeah, Aluakon was the other. So the front seven. The front seven are the ones who picked off Carson Wentz Foye twice. Like, yeah, as fo- in the old Falcons. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, on the yeah, Jags no, now. Sweet. Yeah, Foye yeah, Aluakon, I'm so, yeah. I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> oh, man, the Falcons. It's okay. you got got plenty to build around. Good spots, but yeah. Overall fantasy, we both took the L in, it in our joint league here with some of our close friends. Uh, me and Bob both zero and one. I'll say, I'll say this for for betting, Bob. I I was seeing the board so clear, Bob. I I had a I I had a bet on Mike Gesicki getting under two catches and Jalen Waddle scoring a touchdown. Wow. Cashed that boy. I I was. Felt like Rain Man. I, I the games I got wrong were the Jags. I picked the Jags to win uh, for sure. Did not get that one right. But I actually had Steelers over the Bengals because Joe Burrow is zero and three in his career, and Mike Tomlin. He's not. He's no pushover. Even if the Steelers don't look great, Mike Tomlin's not going to roll over. So I'm, I'm glad that one came to fruition. Glad the Dolphins smacked the Patriots there. But man, it was it was a great betting weekend for me, but a horrible fantasy weekend. I went one and five or one and four across my leagues. It was brutal out there. I only scored fifty points in in one league. I had let me read you this lineup. It's you'll you'll get a laugh out of this. I had oh man, let me find this league here. Yeah, get 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 a get a load of this. Aaron Rodgers three points. Derrick Henry. That was a terrible. <laughs> Derrick Henry, eight points. Damian Pierce, five points. DJ Moore, eight points. DJ Moore was like my top scorer. Almost. You'll see who my top scorer is, which is hilarious. Mike Williams, three points. 
Austin Hooper, one point. <laughs> Allen Robinson, two points. Adam Thielen, six points. I got absolutely slaughtered in, in this. And I played the guy who scored the most points on the week. He had 157 uh, on the week. So he literally, he, he tripled my score. I never stood a chance. He had Herbert with 23, Justin Jefferson with 40. He had Antonio, oh. Antonio Gibson with 20, Michael Pittman with 27, who Matt Ryan, he was definitely a fan of Michael Pittman, but uh, Colts, they choked it against the Texans. Our first, our first tie. We should have, oh man, that's a headline. First tie of the season already. Uh, week one, the Texans and the Colts tie 20 to 20. <laughs> and did we talk about Blankenship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blankenship yeah. was cut wow. right after missing the game winning field goal. I think that's crazy that they cut him. I looked at his stats after over time. He, he is 83% on his career, which. I guess isn't what you want, but it's better than no. nothing. Um, no, I feel like uh, I feel like we got to give him the benefit of the doubt here because he was that's what I'm like saying. All last season, so it's like yeah. sample size is really really small. So that 83 percent is like uh, yeah. most of those most of that negative, you know. Yeah, to to cut him after from. week one is ridiculous. I think yeah. that's. So. I, th- I think we can, yeah we can sum it but, up as that because it it you know he I believe he hit let me see like what what was his kicking that game yeah he he hit the two before that so he was two for three that game he obviously missed the one that counted in overtime to close out the game but that's I think a little harsh I don't <laughs> I don't know if if whatever injury is still lingering or if the Colts organization knows more than we do obviously just by looking at a box score but um. Man, it's it's tough to see Rodrigo go. Still so young, born in 1997. He's only a year older than I am, so uh, I'm he'll, sure he'll, he'll get, get picked, picked up, up. I'm sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. There was plenty of kicking struggles across the league this week, but there was also some phenomenal kicker play uh, this this week. You know, shout out to Justin Tucker as always. Shout out to Jason Sanders for the Dolphins. Shout out to Suckup who was hitting field goal after field goal for the. Buccaneers because uh, if there's one thing that the Buccaneers and the Broncos have in common, it's that they forget how to play football when they're in the red zone. They actually could not (laughs) mentally wrap their brains around getting in the end zone. They would look so great driving down the field and then just blank. But, you know, that's great for suck-up, and it was great for Brandon McManus, too. I had Brandon McManus in our league, so I was happy to to see him do well. But, man, the kickers will always I, I love kickers personally I, I love the point of controversy over kickers I saw Skip Bayless tweet some really ignorant stuff uh, about kickers he said you know said something along the lines of why is you know why are kickers even a position this is you know this shouldn't go down to them but it's like Skip you get out there and kick and you know I'm not I'm not a Skip Bayless hater either I, I think he's good good content good comedy uh, and some of his takes are, are right on but this it, it was it was a bad tweet, and I'll, I'll find it and let you react to it here, Bob, because this is this this was comedy. Uh, let's see, that one's from 2016. Oh, here we go. 
Okay, here we go. I hate place kicking. Here's another great game decided by a guy who isn't a football player trying to soccer style kick the ball between the gimmicky uprights, missed extra point, blocked field goal, missed field goal, overtime. And the first reply to Skip Bayless is, time for bed. <laughs> because he's, he's just so enraged by, by kickers. What do you think about Skip Bayless and his take on the, on the kicking game, Bob? Because I myself, I'm a kicker lover. Love the kickers yeah i mean it's kind of funny i think oh, it's hilarious i mean i don't know it's just like <laughs> he's gonna have his opinion and he won't change his opinion about it like yep. that is he is somebody talk about somebody who doesn't change their opinion he's been a lebron hater for i don't even know how long and he just that's all he like he won't change his opinion and yep. not even one time so, um, on Aaron Rodgers, he has, has he seen that video? There's a video out there, Skip Bayless. It's five or ten minutes of him debating himself on Aaron Rodgers. And it's clips from after Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl to like current day Aaron Rodgers. And he, it's, it's edited to where it, hit, it looks like he's talking to himself and it's going back and forth with clips from <laughs> his own show. So it's, yeah, it's like, but you're right. He is the most stubborn, stubborn dude on TV and, Listen, I love seeing Shannon putting him his, in his place sometimes. Uh, but man, I, I wish I could watch more of their show. But if Tom Brady and the Cowboys are two out of three hours of your show, I just I've I'll lose interest after thirty minutes. You know, it's you, we we got to mix it. There's so much going on in the NFL right now, and that's what we're trying to do for you guys at home. Obviously, is cover everything. Let's cover some fantasy. Cover all the stories and teams what do we see because there's so much more than just tom brady is the goat debate right there's (laughs) there is so so much more than that and with that i'll I'll lead us in here for our our final segment back to our our betting here and bob i'll ask i'll ask you first here what what is your game of the week uh this week here uh coming into week two of the nfl see the overs and unders we see the spreads we see the you know the, the money line what, what's your call what's your your lock of the week for for games this weekend so see it depends on what book you look at but you know i hate to go back to the buccaneers but like the buccaneers are favored by two and a half against new orleans and new orleans look pitiful against us they look terrible they actually look terrible so uh, i would See, because some have them at four and a half, favored by four and a half. Some have them yeah. two and a half. I think the I think the Bucks easily win by a field goal. It's that so, Brady curse. I think they they haven't beat the Saints yet, right? With Brady, I don't think they're. It's that Saints defense, but I think yeah, Atlanta shook them up a bit. Yeah. And oh man, they had Tyron Matthew and, and Sorensen there too, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, with with uh, uh, the Saints at least, but. So, yeah. so a new, I don't know. Another one I, it's another one that I I'm looking at is is the Commanders and the Lions game because the Lions it's the first time they've been favored in like 19 games. Or yeah, like this that. I was shocked to see them open as favorites. To be honest, but I'm they're not. It, see, that's what I say. It, it depends on what book you look at because, yeah. like you know, Vegas Insider has them at, has Commanders at minus two and a half, and then everybody else is like minus one and a half minus two yeah for you know giving the other giving to the lions so it's like we'll call it two let's let's say the lions have minus two you, you like them at lions minus, have two? minus two 
Yeah. I think I I'd take the Commanders. I take the Commanders really? all day long in that game. Absolutely. I think the Lions look good, but I don't think that. Mm-mm. No, no. Commanders the way that they. I think they were Commanders dicing it up. Played, yeah. Yeah, they played really well, and I think Antonio Gibson, um, with the way you know he showed Jahan Dotson out there. I mean, Terry McLaurin was silent in the, this past week. So he had a um, tutty, but you're right. Only two catches, I think. Yeah. 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 So I mean, but if I had if I had to go with one, I'm gonna do the the Bucks and the Saints. Um, that'll be mine. I think the Bucks win by a field goal. If the line set it at about two and a half, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bucks. We'll go Bucks minus two and a half for Bob's pick yeah. here on the week. All right, and again last week we we got the dub. I I got Bucks two and a half last week as well against the Cowboys. So maybe maybe that's our lucky line. Maybe we'll <laughs> we'll see how it goes by by the end of the week here but yeah this i think this week is a lot harder than last week um i like i said i was seeing the board real clear last week and i i got a lot a lot of good action going called the right underdogs with the steelers uh being the big one you know bengals were favored by seven and a half over the steelers last week and the steelers won outright um you know bless up i had their money line not the spread too so that was awesome but man there there's some tough tough games this week yeah like it's oh and and you got to look at who everyone played week one right that's why i think the lions are favored because they played the eagles who are a lot of people's nfc super bowl favorite um if not Super Bowl favorite, to make the playoffs favorite, right? Especially out of their division. So the Eagles are very hyped right now. And the Lions, they kept it within three. Where the Commanders, they kept it within two to the Jaguars. And the Jaguars did have a chance to win that at the end. Trevor Lawrence threw an interception to close out the game. Uh, They went to to OT, actually, right? There was two OT games this weekend. It was, yeah, Commanders, Jaguars went to OT. And uh, Texans, Indianapolis went to OT. So and Bengals, P- Steelers. Holy moly! There was three overtime. Ge- that's 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 when you know the NFL is in a good spot. You love to see that. Uh, very competitive, and that only makes this week's slate of games harder. The the game. I'm glad I didn't go with my honorable mention last week. My honorable mention was Broncos, and the Broncos should have won that Monday night game. I'm sure that's all anyone has heard about in the media, so that's why we didn't cover it too much uh, in today's episode because the only thing I've seen on TV for the last three days is the Broncos head coach and his play-calling decisions in the fourth quarter, and you know, decision. And he himself has come out and said, yeah, I looking back, I would have gone for it. So he made a rookie head coach mistake, Definitely won't be making that one again for his career. So lucky to him it happened in week one, not week 18. Uh, but my honorable mention is definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be Dolphins. Dolphins money line. I like Dolphins outright against the Ravens this weekend. Of course, there's bias led into that because I am a Dolphins fan. But I loved what I saw against Bill Belichick. This weekend, the Dolphins put a clinic on the Ravens last year when I... I hated watching the Dolphins play football last year on the offense because it was just so unwatchable. It was the ugliest offensive football. It's like watching, it felt like watching D2 college. It was gross. Uh, Just force feed Jalen Waddle and go to the next game. That's all it was. But I think they're coming in with a way better offense and even a better defense as well. Like a lot of these young players have more experience under their belt. We've got Javon Holland, like I said it in a previous episode, but 
be on the lookout for him. Uh, he is he's coming in hot this year. Already an interception in the first game. Him and Xavier Howard kind of a tandem interception. Xavier uh, Howard tipping it up to him. But uh, yeah, Javon Holland's phenomenal, and you know he's a captain on the team, second year in the NFL. So I think that says something. But that's my that's my honorable mention is Dolphins money line. Don't take the points. Get them to win. Uh, it's only three and a half, which Vegas always gets you with the hook, right? They all oh, that that half that half number always kills you, regardless of which side you go. Sometimes, but uh, I'm gonna take my game of the week. I'm actually gonna take the Browns minus six and a half against the Jets. I I think the Jets are horrible. I, I think they're they're so bad. I, I like yeah. they're so bad. <laughs> it's it is it is laughable. Jets fans, you you guys. Sauce Gardner played well. Yeah, I guess so. But they, <laughs> man, they, the Ravens were struggling. Like the whole first half, the Ravens couldn't do anything, and the Jets yeah. could do even less of anything. They, with Joe Flacco still at the helm, Joe Flacco, yeah. like, talk about just what are you doing? Like, why is Joe Flacco there? There, you know, he is maybe the one quarterback that I would let an analyst who is very pro Cam Newton argue with me. You could maybe put Cam Newton in over Joe Flacco and it'd be a better outcome. Joe Flacco had 59 pass attempts in this game against the Ravens. 59. He threw the old man. He's an old man. Why? Like, why are you doing this to You're telling me Joe Flacco almost threw the ball 60 times. That is that's absurd, and they lost twenty-four to nine. They had, they had three field goals to show for it. It's oh god, or it was I think it was a touchdown, but they went for two. That whole jazz, but the the Ravens looked really bad for the first half against the Jets, and the Jets were in it ten to three at halftime, and then the Ravens just ran it up on them in the second half, twenty-four to nine final score. But that touchdown came in garbage time from the Jets, so it was really twenty-four to three. Uh, I think the Jets are just, they're just terrible. They, they're a horrible dumpster fire organization, dumpster fire quarterback, just overall dumpster fire. And I don't think the Browns are that much better, but I think the Browns at home after giving it to Baker week one, I think the fans are actually going to be in attendance and excited for Jacoby Brissett this week. I don't like this game. I really, really don't. But when I look at six and a half, I think you're you're really underrating the Browns' defense. I'm not betting on the Browns' offense here. I think you're really, really underrating their defense because they looked amazing against Baker for three quarters until the very end of the game when they they finally got something going. But I think the Jets are just god-awful, terrible. So that's that's going to be my pick of the week. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you I don't love it because I hate betting on teams with backup quarterbacks, but in this case, they both have backups. So... They're they're really just first stringers, right? So uh, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. What'd you think about Baker's reunion? Any any final thoughts on that one before we head to this or that here? Uh, I don't really get to see much of it. I just saw Baker score a touchdown. I think Throw the ball against the wall. Yeah. The ball <laughs> against the wall. And I was like, yeah, there's Baker. Classic. Yep, the and classic Baker. Like, what is he like? What is he doing? Like, I get maybe it's to prove a point. That's fine. But you're losing still. Like, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. They they were. It was, what, it was 20 to 7, I think, when Baker scored that touchdown. So they were still down by 6. And you're giving the ball back to the Browns. Who, Nick yeah. Chubb. Nick Chubb. Credit to him. He looked really good. Uh, so Kareem, did Kareem Hunt, Hunt. Out. yeah, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, they both they both looked awesome. Kareem Hunt had two tutties. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, credit to him, he didn't look really 
that bad. I mean, he only had 150 yards and a touchdown, so it was definitely a rushing attack. But uh, that's why I think the Browns are really going to get it done against the Jets. They're just they're going to run all over. It's it's going to be pathetic, and the defense is going to rip them to shreds. So yeah, Baker. All they almost came out with with the dub there. The Panthers. Uh, they were up for a second, and then the Browns kick a field goal to win it. I, you know, heartbreaker for Baker. I think I, I was really expecting the. That's the other game I got wrong this week. Jags and the Panthers. I really was high on the Panthers and thought they'd come out because McCaffrey. Where, where, where was where was he? He had like ten carries for thirty yards and four for twenty. Like he he was really focused. I guess by that Browns defense. Uh, so. It was a tough one for the Panthers. I'm interested to see if they'll be able to turn around, and I hope they do because I've got them in my playoff bracket, but I don't love that anymore. <laughs> Only been one week, and I've got them as like my last wild card spot. That was my wild pick with Colin uh, when we were doing our playoff brackets, but man, I am not loving it after that first week, but <laughs> regardless here, we will uh, we'll head to this or that. So, Bob, I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you go first this time around. Yeah. So my this or that for this week is, you know, it's relevant to my fantasy team. Um, so, you know, I had uh, I had T. Higgins, who um, obviously has a concussion. And um, I also have uh, George Pickens, who was literally so silent in this game. Yeah. Um, George Pickens had three targets for one reception for a grand total of 1.3 fantasy points. Um, he got three yards on that reception. So my my question for you is a concussed T. Higgins or an absolute silent George Pickens, who do you want throwing out there um, for fantasy? Well, if you got points for run blocking, I would say throw George Pickens out there and let him absolutely domestically assault someone legally on the field sure. uh, and, and let George Pickens just have at him. But I... T. Higgins is so good. I think even a concussed T. Higgins could could outperform some of some teams like you know number two receiver. He is he's phenomenal and he's so under the radar because Jamar Chase is just so in everybody's face, right? And he's obviously should be because he's phenomenal. Uh, but T. Higgins is so good and he's he's massive. Everyone forgets how how huge T. Higgins is. Like when I thinking back to it, I thought T. Higgins was like a slot guy in college. Like thinking back to in Clemson. And then you see him in the NFL. He's like 6'5", 220, I think. Can run the most crisp route you've ever seen. So I'm going to take a concussed T. Higgins <laughs> if I absolutely had to, to throw him out there. Uh, that's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and just watch George Pickens go off and get like 17 points this week or something like that. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm sure Pickens, because uh, T. Higgins probably won't even play, but I guess in yeah. a, I'm thinking in a no game. I have faith in George, though. Yeah, I in, really in don't. a game I scenario, if I had to start, if I had both on my team and I had to start one, uh, concuss T. Higgins, you know, <laughs> give it to me. Let's see if they... The chance to get zero points or a chance to get 1.3 points. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> exactly. Pick your poison. So. Yeah, we'll see if George Pickens gets more involved here, because the Steelers... I think they, yeah, they looked pretty good at the start of the game, uh, and then they just came to to a halt. Yeah, they 
they had 17 points in the first two quarters and scored three in the second half. Like they really went flat and in the second half, and that's with four interceptions from Joe Burrow. Your Steelers or any any team in the NFL, you are not going to get that again because Joe Burrow, he's going to remember those four interceptions for the rest of the season and absolutely. I'm scared for people who got to play the Bengals now. And they play the Cowboys this week without Dak. I, it could get ugly for the Cowboys. It could be real ugly out there. Uh, with that, I'll go into my this or that here. And it's just, just in your mind here. Just take take the Jets roster. Take take the Jets roster. Let's let's say fire the entire coaching staff, fire the owners, ship them across to Europe to go build EU NFL because uh, that's that that's all those owners could could ever do uh is just just leave you just gotta leave and so let's say we just ship them all out you got this jets roster hanging around are you gonna take mike tomlin and his coaching staff to come in with that jets roster or are you gonna take bill belichick and his and his coaching staff we'll say last year because i'll include josh mcdaniels i'm not gonna include uh patricia but bill belichick and mcdaniels together there head coach offensive coordinator are you gonna take bill bill and the boys are you gonna take tomlin and the boys who who would you take here mike tomlin all day really i just love love the mike tomlin energy i'm a mike tomlin stan i think he i like it he's an all-time great in my eyes I mean, he oh, bought Hall of Fame. the entire Hall team. Of Fame. Oh, yeah. yeah. He <laughs> bought the boys, all the boys, some black Air Forces. You know, he's got them fitted out. Ready for, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, so I'm sure George Pickens rocking those. He oh, yeah. To, the black Air know, Force ones. Throw hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just like he did to that Georgia Tech guy. Um, but, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm riding with, with my boy Tomlin. Love him. Yeah. They're just all, all time great. Just, I mean, head coach but the swag level is just off the charts yeah Tomlin I'll I'll play devil's advocate because truly I'm undecided like I they're both just such legendary coaches and and you really wonder what because I think the Patriots roster right now is very lacking and I feel bad for for Belichick that's the first time I've ever said that in my life by the way I've never ever felt bad for Bill Belichick in my entire life but watching the roster that he has out there now and thinking back to the you know whether it's Brady, Randy Moss, whether it's Brady, Wes Welker, Chris, you know, Gronkowski. Um, oh, my gosh. Who was it? Who was their, their running? But he was amazing. LeGarrette Blunt. I loved LeGarrette Blunt on the Patriots. And like, he was he was just a, a grown-ass man. You know, Dante Hightower. They, the Patriots have, they had so much for over the last six, seven years. And watching them play this weekend, I was like, Wow. Their, even their defense, like I see Matthew Judon out there, looked amazing. He really scared me. He stripped two at once. We got the ball back, thank God. Uh, but Matthew Judon, he looked really good. But then you look around and I'm like, man, it, it really, it's kind of a somber feel. You know, after rooting, it, rooting against the Patriots my whole life and then seeing the Dolphins just rip them apart this weekend, I was so happy. But at the same time, I was like, man, it would have been nice to see them rip up the old Patriots that were really competitive because the Patriots this year just they they did Ty Montgomery was like your sec your leading receiver. You know what I mean? Ty Montgomery was cut from the Packers like four years ago and was a kick returner for a couple of years. Like uh, you know, old old Bill, he's he's gotta be standing there like this is the worst roster I've had in my coaching career. <laughs> I mean, he started his coaching career with guys like Lawrence Taylor and Teddy Bruschi. You know what I mean? Like, he's always had superstar potential that always complement him. So, 
feel bad for Bill. It's the only time I'll ever say that. But I, I think I'd agree with you. I would take current day. Current day, I would take Tomlin and his staff. Just wanted to play devil's advocate for Bill there for, for a second. And, yeah, thank you guys uh, so much for, for listening. I think we'll wrap it up there if it sounds good to you, Bob. Yep, I think that's all I got to say. And, you know, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll have, you know, Hopefully our fantasy teams do better. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, let's let's root for me and Bob too. Well, we don't play each other, do we? I don't think no, we do. No, we do not. But that'll I play Jack Ritaco. Shout out Jack Ritaco. Saw him on campus today. Hey, t- he he texted me that. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, I've got good old Josh Lucas. We got we got Mr. Google. I'm uh, playing against him this week. So, Bob, I wish you luck in your fantasy matchup this week. You as well. And we will have a phenomenal pod next week. We we've got endless headlines now, guys. Don't worry. No, we're not reaching for anything anymore. There's so much football to talk about. We are gonna try to get to it as much as we can and in the best manner that we can. So everyone have a good night. Thanks for listening and catch you next week. <laughs>